The following audio drama is rated PG-13 for parental guidance. Hi, this is Annis McGee, the writer of The Petrol Station. I also play Nina Sudbrook on the show. The Petrol Station follows the life of Nina, returning to a quiet, remote village to look after her dying father. To fill in her spare time, she takes up a job working the night shifts at the local petrol station. It is there where she begins to notice strange and unexplainable things. This is episode one of the series, Don't Look Down. Here, after having an unusual encounter, Nina reaches out to the internet to find help to explain her situation. This episode is best listened with headphones and contains whispering, which some listeners may find unnerving. Thank you for listening. Out beyond the touches of civilization are small island villages. Surrounded by seas of fields, they sit separate from the rest of the world. One evening, after hours of driving, you will pass through one of these villages. It will look almost identical to the past four villages you've been through. You will not take in any details of the village. The houses will all seem the same. The streets will be empty. This place will almost seem abandoned. In total, it will only take you five minutes to drive through the village. Normally, you would have completely forgotten this place and driven on to your destination. But this time, this time, you notice how little fuel you have. And by some miracle, you will see the lights of a petrol station situated just outside the village. The fluorescent hue of the neon sign illuminates the surrounding trees, drawing you in. You will park up, get out, and fill up your car. Looking back at this moment, you'll forget the details of this place, of this memory. You will not remember the streets of that village or the colour of the petrol station building. You will not remember the person who smiled at you as you paid for your petrol. You will not remember the cold chill of the outside, nor the feeling that a thousand eyes watched your every move. But as you lay awake at night, Drifting off to sleep, a feeling will creep up your neck. That distinct feeling of paranoia. That you left something behind. As you begin to drift away, you try to remember that petrol station. You try to remember the dark path leading you to the worn down brick building. You try to remember the face of the girl who served you. You try and you try, but you cannot recall a single detail. The only thing you can truly know is that all of you may have driven into that station, but not all of you left. The Petrol Station, Episode 1 don't look down.
something about sitting in a car alone and talking to yourself that really makes you question how you ended up here. I'm sorry if you have heard this and think I'm some attention-seeking, deranged person, but there is nobody else I can talk to about this. I tried searching for some kind of answer and, well, that's how I ended up on your website. I'm gonna be honest, I don't really buy into the stuff that you write about. Well, I didn't. But you are the closest chance I have to getting an answer and I suppose that'll have to do for now. Sorry if this is beyond anything you can do. I'm sure you're busy with alien sightings and hunting down monsters. At least that's what all the threads I read were about. Thing is, I'm not the type of person who uses your website. I don't really like using technology anyway, so please don't think that I'm some run-of-the-mill conspiracy theorist who makes this all up. Ah, you might be a conspiracy theorist, sorry. I'm rambling. I'm new to all this. And I don't really know why I'm doing it. <laughs> Do not feel crazy, I suppose. Anyway, I should start at the beginning. My name is Nina Sudbrook. About a year ago, I had some bad stuff happen to me and it led to me moving out of my flat in the city and back home with my dad. I grew up in the middle of nowhere. And when I say nowhere, I'm not exaggerating. It takes about an hour's drive to get to the nearest supermarket and then another drive after that to find any form of city. The school I went to is the same building they used as a pub in the evening. Nothing says remote like children's finger paintings being used as beer mats. Everyone works in the surrounding farms or some weird research job that lets you be home all the time. It's a type of place you need to move out of to survive, and you only really return when you're too old to care about living. I moved out when I was 18. I went to the university in the city and I didn't really come back. Sorry, this isn't really relevant to the story. I think I just need you to know about this place. Anyway, my dad was sick, my life was in ruins, so it kind of made sense for me to come back. He sleeps a lot, and so I had a lot of time to myself. At first I thought I could fill the time with taking up running or learning to garden, but I ran out of interest pretty quick. I ended up getting a job at the local petrol station. It's a shit job. You know, for some reason, it's a 24-hour petrol station. We don't have a big shop, but we have an all-night petrol station. Ugh. Yeah, that's a whole different rant by itself. I work the night shift from 9pm till 5am every night. It's not exactly the hours Dolly was singing about, but hey, I don't really have anything else going on. Usually, it's just me and my manager, Patrick. But Patrick mostly just sleeps in his office. I think that's why he hired me so he could get paid to sleep. I would complain, but he's nice enough. I feel a little quiet. And he lets me read on the job, and it's not like there are any other jobs going. So yeah, I work the nights. It's not so bad once you get used to it. You mostly deal with drunks from the village wanting to buy more booze once the pub closes, or tired-looking commuters just passing through. Point is, my life is pretty normal. Normal job, normal village. The biggest thing to ever happen here was 10 years ago, a woman went missing. 
Though, you ask anyone and they'll tell you she just ran off with another man from a different village. And the reason we all know about this is it's the only big thing that has ever happened around here. It's a safe, normal place. So I'm not scared working all through the night. I'm not really scared of anything. Well, I do have a weird phobia of horses, but no, that's not relevant. The reason I'm contacting you, well, happened about three days ago. I came into my shift like normal, chatted to Patrick for a bit, and then he went into his normal position of sleeping in the office and I was alone in the shop. I restocked a bit, tidied up, just had the beginnings of a normal shift. I served maybe two customers during that time. It was a slow night. I ended up breathing after that. Patrick really did give a shit. Working nights, you have to be okay with being alone. Hours will go by and you won't speak to another soul, all while just sitting there in silence. Around 1am, I was bored of reading so I tidied up the shop floor. I decided to take some boxes out the back and throw them away. I let Patrick know where I was going and I headed out back. Behind the building, there's this small dirt road leading off to some farm. Usually, I take no notice of it. Like, everything around the station, it's normally too dark for me to see anything. However, on this occasion, as I stood outside throwing the cardboard away, I noticed something out of the corner of my eye. Now, I know it's common for people to see things and shadows moving, but this, this didn't seem like it was moving, more twisting the dark around me. It felt like the black shadows were pulsating next to me, like I could feel something shift and move. I turn around and look down that dark road. Nothing. Empty as it always was. I felt a bit uncomfortable, that uncomfortable paranoia you get from overthinking. I decided it was nothing and went back to pulling apart the boxes. Then, I heard something. Like a groan or a creak. I don't really remember. I looked up again, quicker this time. Hair standing on my neck, I scanned the roads in the nearby field. Again, nothing. I felt like calling out to Patrick, but something stopped me. I heard that noise again, this time louder, like it was being whispered into my ear. I spun around quickly, and then the distance, secluded by the light fog of night. I saw it. It was a figure, standing still, seemingly staring back at me. It was too far at this point to notice any features, but I knew that they were staring directly at me. I stopped what I was doing, careful to not make any sudden movements. I started to rationalise it in my brain. Maybe it was a scarecrow left out the road to be picked up the next day, but the fields next to the station didn't have any crops in them. And I definitely hadn't seen anything before. Perhaps it was a drunk from one of the villages taking the long route to get to the petrol station. Maybe it was somebody who needed help. But the figure did not cry out in pain, nor did it move at all. I stood there, staring at the figure staring back at me, for what felt like eternity. It didn't move. I didn't move. Finally, after a moment, I decided there was no point just standing about. I began to slowly put the last of the cardboard in the bin. And as I did, the figure started to move as well. 
Slowly, it raised their head up to the sky and stared upwards. Then its arm snapped and twisted up so it was pointing at the sky. I could hear that moan again, and I knew it was coming from that figure, but it sounded like it was being whispered inside my head. I just stood, staring at the figure, thinking something would happen, but it just kept pointing. I decided then that I had to look. I had to see. So I turned my head upwards. And nothing. There was nothing above us. And I don't mean nothing as in only the stars were out. I mean it was just blank void. There was no stars, no moon, no clouds covering them all, just black. Devoid of anything, of everything. And then I heard that noise again, only this time it was a voice whispering, don't look down. My heart began to race. I was sweating, shaking. Even if I wanted to, I don't think I could have looked back down. I could feel something move close to me. The shadows around my eyes were shifting and moving, but I couldn't make anything out. Each sound was like bones cracking, of something heavy being dragged. I could feel it brush up against me. Don't look. The whisper said again. I think I was crying at this point. Maybe because I was scared, or maybe because I hadn't blinked. I don't know how long I looked up. It felt like hours. My neck began to hurt, my legs seized up, and all the while, I kept hearing the cracking and shifting noises and the whisper, don't look. And then I felt something grab onto my ankles. I felt it grab and tighten. Maybe I didn't. I couldn't tell at this point. I felt like I wasn't standing on anything at all. I felt something move up my legs, pulling me downwards. Don't look. Don't look down. Then the back door of the shop opened. The noise crashed through me like lightning hitting a tree. I fell forward. I may have blacked out for a moment, but when I felt strong enough, I stood up. I don't know why I expected, maybe some sign that this had all happened, but there was nothing around me. The road was empty. The skies had stars and a moon. Even on the dirt gravel below me, there was no marks of movement. At the door, Patrick asked me if I was alright. I made some excuse. How could I explain what had just happened to me? I went back inside and checked the clocks. Only five minutes had passed. That wasn't possible. My neck and eyes hurt so much I could barely see anything. And my skin was cold to touch like I'd been standing outside for hours. But it couldn't have happened. I decided to myself I would try and forget what happened, chalk it all up to some trick of the eye or some mental affliction. I'll go to the doctors, maybe, but I knew I'd have to forget about it and move on. And that would have been fine. Except when the day shift arrived to change over with us, and I stepped out into the cold morning, I looked back in that old dirt road, and just for a moment, blink of the eye, I saw that figure once again, standing perfectly still, but this time 
It was pointing directly at me, and I could hear it whisper, You looked. I blinked and then it was gone, and the road was empty again. So that's it. It's my whole story. I realised there's probably nothing you could do. There was no epic monster, chilling ghost. It was a weird encounter that some random kid had in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> but every time I try to sleep, I can see that figure. I can hear the noises of it moving around me. <laughs> I guess I just needed to tell somebody. To get out of my chest and hope my life can continue as it did. So that's what I've done. And I think I feel better. Honestly, I don't know. Reliving it made me feel somewhat sick, but that's a price you pay. I'm going to send this to you now, and let you deal with it how you want. Throw it away, email me back, come find clues. I don't really care. <laughs> it's gone and out my life. So now I'm going to go back to normal. Forget this ever happened. Yeah, sounds like a plan. I don't even know if you'll end up hearing this, but... I want to say thank you for listening anyway. Considering the stuff you deal with, you might even believe me. So thank you for that, at least. Alright. The Petrol Station is a Far Island production. This episode was written and performed by Annis McGee and Nick Odoms. For more information and full credits, go to Twitter at underscore Far Island.